I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the RSL Show on KSL Sports. My name is Andy Munoz, and today we are joined by the full team, full squad. We got to start with the most handsomest to the least handsomest, okay? All right, we're going to go... Well, I already introduced myself. I'm the most handsome. And then we've got... Uh, let's see. All right, junior producer in the house. What's up, bro? How you doing? Yo, what's up? Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, was going, I thought I was going last. And then we're going to, dude, bro, boost that self-confidence. And then we got big dog, um, Alex Napolis. <laughs> What's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, not much. And then last uh, but not least, uh, coming in very last, dead last, is Joshua Clark. How you doing, dude? Hey, hey, fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm good, man. Good. Good to see you. Heck yeah. How's uh, how's everybody's uh, weeks going, weekends going? Anything interesting? We'll just kind of leave this up. I didn't... Nothing cool happened in my life. Anything cool happened in your guys' lives? Uh, just keep an eye out for June 1st for me. That's about all I have. June 1st. June 1st. I want to plug the uh, soccer championships that are coming up on kslsports.com. I'm going to be commentating 4A, 5A, and 6A soccer um, semifinals and finals, obviously. So uh, keep an eye out on kslsports.com for those coming up. Hell yeah, dude. Isaac, what about you, bro? I, I think you've got something exciting. You guys are doing all like really cool stuff, man. I'm not really up to anything. Just work, honestly. Videoing. Just losing weight. Losing weight, yeah. Losing weight. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, bro. You getting Jack to fight your brother? <laughs> yeah. I could. I could probably already do that. He uh he used to wrestle, bro. So like I I was thinking about it the other day because I was so mad at him and I just wanted to like I think there's times where you just want to both swing on each other. But honestly, if, if Isaac just went grapples, if Isaac just went grapples, dude, he'd it'd be over. Like he used to wrestle, he used to be really strong. He still has that strong ish weight. Uh so Yeah, dude. So yeah, he would just choke me out so fast. Like I would tap out. Wouldn't no contest. So, uh cool. It's 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 uh good to see all of you guys. And we're back to talk more about our favorite team in MLS. Uh, for who knows how long for me, though, because uh, there's rumor of an expansion team uh, set to drop in a few weeks. Whether that's true or not, we don't know, but it's kind of like leaning San Diego. But it's also, you know, people are saying it's, it'll never be San Diego because it's like the worst soccer market in history. But I have a feeling and no, that's no type of insider information or insider knowledge. I feel like it could be, yeah. Me and Isaac are we're doing fingers crossed because we're both from San Diego. But 
If you guys had to guess which city is getting an MLS expansion team aside from San Diego, uh, what would you guys bet on? Alex, I'll start with you, and then we'll kick it to Josh. I think probably the right now the other lucrative market that they've been looking at is Vegas. Um, so I really do think that's down to Las Vegas and San Diego at this point. Vegas, Vegas is getting everything else, man. Why not MLS? Yeah. Personally, like I know you guys are still going to be RSL fan issues, right? You'll be around. Not too worried about that. But imagine all of the sick away days in Las Vegas. You can't beat that. <clears throat> you can't beat that. In Las Vegas? Quick little road trip, dude. No excuse uh, to never go on that one. That's true. Instant oh, rival, right. right? Yeah. You're right. Because right now it's... Be incredible. Right now it's like, you know, Colorado's the closest, but technically, is that still like, what, eight hours? Eight or nine, depending on how fast you drive. And that's just yeah. a tough place. It's a tough place to go to, not... Not like competitively team wise, but it's a tough commit to go to Colorado. Like you can only get excited for Colorado so many times. Like it's just it's a cool city, but it's not as cool or as close or like a fun meeting point like Las Vegas would be. You're actually right on that, dude. That would be a cool uh a cool venue to say the least. And then that's that's a that's an away trip for every fan group too, right? Like every group would be like, sick, I can go to Vegas. Like that sounds dope. Yeah. Because you make a weekend of it, right? There's plenty to do. Yeah, and if you're Vegas young, make sense to me. And if yeah. you're young, dude, you you put ten or twelve people in a hotel, like in one room. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> There's no floor. excuse not to go. Yeah, it's like thirty bucks a person. Absolutely. So, I mean, personally, my hope is Vegas, just for the the local ish rivalry, right? Like that's the closest we could get, literally, unless they put it in Utah. So y- yeah, and I'm gunning for. You know, I'm gunning for San Diego. I think it'd be really cool to have a major league soccer team there. But having lived in San Diego and just knowing, you know, they lost the Chargers due to uh, lack of like just wanting to keep them around or, or grant them a new stadium. You know, they, they take care of the Padres. But the only reason that the Padres stuck around is because they got that new stadium, Petco Park, literally right next to uh, right next to one of the uh, it, it's like in the heart of downtown. Like you, you, you can't not go to a Padres game. Um, but you know, the argument there in San Diego is that, well, you've got the Liga MX fans and then you've got the people who are actually living in San Diego. And then you've got the people who, uh, maybe are close to like LA ish, maybe would support a San Diego team. But honestly, it's hard, you know, as somebody who actually lived there, it's hard to see, um, you know, like Mexican fans who might live in Tijuana dump, the Cholos to come and watch a San Diego MLS side that may not be that good. Um, However, when there were like Mexican national team uh, games in San Diego, dude, like people would show out, bro. Like I went to, I was lucky enough to catch. um, It was actually just a, uh, it was actually a, a Mexican league game, but it just happened to be played in like Qualcomm stadium. And it was dope, dude. Like there was beer throw in the the fandom was just insane. I think it might have been Cholos versus Club America. So um, a lot of you know Latinos came, just like Mexicans uh, from Tijuana, from the border towns, came over, and you know a few of those were my actual cousins. And dude, that that was actually like one of the coolest experiences that I had ever had. But it's hard to see those people come out and support 
a San Diego right. team, but also I could I could also see it happening. Are they going to come out on a Wednesday against RSL? You know what I no, mean? Like it's, no. not, it's, not the, it's not the same draw. It's not the same draw. It's hit or miss. It's super hit and or you're miss. Not, you're really not going to get LAFC fans dropping LAFC fans for, for San Diego. Very few. Yeah, neither right. would neither would the Galaxy. I don't think no. the Galaxy. So, is I like mean, it's a, that's a tough ask. San Diego isn't that far away from LA, right? It, if the NFL but it couldn't is, hack it, but it is a beautiful city, man, and it'd be dope to have soccer there. Vegas just makes way more sense. Yeah, I can me. see that. I would say, yeah, I would say so. It's leaning like seventy percent for Vegas, thirty percent for San Diego. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if San Diego got a team. Um, cool. Well, that's the latest like MLS news and in, in terms of fun things that could be coming to the league. Uh, let's talk about the not so fun things. Uh, head coaches getting fired in Major League Soccer. Um, you know, we're 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 a few uh, more than a few games into the season. I think we're like ten games played per team, and now we're starting to see the shift in coaching. Head coaches getting fired, and we can cover those in a moment. But where do you think Real Salt Lake? I don't know. Like, where do you do you think that we're maybe due for a shakeup? I don't think it'll ever happen. But if let's say if Pablo's job was on the line today, and we had ownership who maybe had the the balls to actually follow through, would they fire him or or would they keep him at this point? Well, I mean, the results right now. They're they're not the best results, but they're results. So I don't think his job is necessarily on the hot seat at all. Had we lost the last like four or five, potentially, yeah, we'd all be screaming, right? We'd all be screaming for him to be fired. Uh, but much like Chicago's issues, it's not always the head coach, right? They run a lot deeper. And, and I'm going to stay on that train with RSL. I don't think all of this is on Pablo. In fact, I think very little of it is on Pablo. As I reflect, right, I, I really don't see Pablo being the biggest problem here. Um, the biggest problem is just the inability to to get a quality striker, like literally that's it, and build this team where we're a quality striker and a and a quality defensive midfielder away from being a strong contender. Um, where we're contending with teams that should beat the living hell out of us, and, and we're hanging in there. So, yeah, the the year started off a little rough. Um, and I think fans were rightfully annoyed, right? I'm not going to go back on that. Um, and I think we're all still rightfully annoyed that, you know, we're relying on uh, Bertan Jackson to be the striker right now, who props to him is doing a, an okay job, right? Yet to score, but an okay job. Um, but but just the the little holes in the roster that have needed to been filled for so long is where where we're stuck and where I think teams like Chicago are stuck. So I think Ezra Hendrickson kind of got the short end of the stick there. Um, as far as New York's coach, I don't think the dude wanted to be there. Um, the dude's okay with racism. So, you know, I'm glad the dude's gone. Um, and I hope New York can can pick up and carry on from here. Yeah, and aside from, you know, obviously the uh, the tension and, and the bad things that were going on in New York, I think it's kind of unfortunate for Struber um, because I think New York roster is definitely – built to be a lot better than they have been, you know, to start this campaign on paper. They look like one of the top teams in the East and they just haven't been that. Um, and then whether it's Stuber, whether it's, you know, higher up, whatever the case is, you know, I hope New York's able to, to start pushing that in the right direction because they have the players and they have the talent to be very successful in the East. 
as far as Chicago goes, I love what Chicago's doing, building that youth, building, you know, Brady, um, Gutierrez, who are both on their way to the U20 team, maybe, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think Chicago's project's a lot different as far as like the youth goes. And it sucks for Ezra Hendrickson because I don't think the results necessarily reflect on him. I think it's just the way that Chicago is building that squad. Um, and to answer the, I guess the original question is no, I don't think Pablo's on the hot seat. Um, I think because of the stretch that Russell Lake is on, there is a little less pressure on, on, on Master Any. Right. Can, can we officially say that Shakiri has been one of the bigger DP flops in league history? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so unfortunate to see too, because I thought he came in at a very good time in his career to be successful in Chicago, mm-hmm. but he might go down as the biggest flop, um, for a DP. Worse than Pirlo? Oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one, but he's he's definitely up there for sure. Yeah, I think if I think he's up there with the Pirlos and Gerards because those were oh not great. Gerard, bro. Wow. For the galaxy, you remember that? No that one was, does. That was brutal. Yeah, man. So bad. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, you're, you're you're it's it's good to see the the league just being shook up. New head coaches coming in. Uh, but I agree. I feel like the most part, you know, um, coaching staff at Rail Salt Lake, uh, it must be nice to have a job there because job security is in understatement. Um, unless you're, unless you're going off the rails and telling and, and yelling stuff to referees and slipping them notes, I don't think you're going to lose your job, but, um, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that they seem to be untouched at Real Salt Lake, how many times have the fans come uh, at them on the internet saying that things need to change and it, those things just kind of go unheard. Do you think uh, with Freddie Juarez, do you think his job was ever on the hot seat or do you think he just quit because he couldn't hack it? Because I used to question. think that maybe he quit because he thought something was coming and he wasn't loving being a head coach, but do you think his job was ever really in jeopardy or do you think he just didn't enjoy being a head coach? Yeah, I think he just quit, honestly. I don't think so because it sounded like Seattle were the ones who inquired about Freddie Juarez, if I'm remembering correctly, as far as like what we sure. were told. Sure, um, but does that mean he was on the hot seat or he was just a quitter and didn't want to be a head coach anymore? I don't think so. I think um I think he might you know he he was he was propelled into that seat probably before he was ready. Or maybe uh, propelled into that seat um, where maybe it just wasn't his passion. Like I've, it, I, I feel like I've heard that he prefers to be uh, an assistant, uh, working within a system like that. And it is kind of another. It, it's a, it's a tough thing to, um, it's a tough thing to basically like hold on to when you have a team like Seattle inquiring about you in a system that works in a system that's winning trophies. Um, in a system that is visionary, uh, it's, I, I, it's, a, it's a smart move. Like you'd be, you would, I think it's a big ego drop to leave your head coach spot at Real Salt Lake to go pursue something like that. But I also, I guess I, I kind of see what you're saying, Josh, in the sense of like, did he think that he could not hack it here? Uh, or was his job ever in danger? You know what I, I mean? Know. Was it was it do I quit now before I get fired or Yeah. It's it's a it's a tough thing to say because 
you got to remember back to you know what 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 shape was the squad in at that time? I think you had Ortuño. You had already lost. Uh, you uh, did we can't remember who who came first. Was it Freddie and then Albert, or was it Albert then Freddie? Freddie then Freddie. Albert. Yeah, Freddie then Albert. And oh man, you got to think like Freddie goes over to Seattle and then has a little bit of influence to maybe pull Rusnak too, right? Absolutely. So yeah, it's that's a tough one, man. I. I think from like the the stuff that we heard around that time is that he enjoys it. And I, man, I'm getting my timelines mixed up, but I feel like either we had him on. I know we didn't have him on after he left. I don't know if he maybe talked to El Show Real. I don't, I don't, I don't, or El Show RSL. Like, I don't know, man. My timelines are all skewed, but I, I see. Yeah, we definitely had him on, but there was yeah. no indication of him like dipping. Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, Speaking of, uh, well, that's not even really a transition piece. Um, <laughs> let's talk about visionaries, aspirations. Uh, I think a lot of us thought that maybe we'd go into Houston and pull a result there. Um, I all, you know, it's funny because we always take our, we always take our, uh, predictions for these matches and then when we when we come back we're like wait what did everybody say <laughs> and I, I i think i think we do that because it's tough to say like we don't know if we're gonna lose we don't know if we're gonna draw like sometimes we feel like we're gonna win well this we team don't... is the most unpredictable team there is right it is. Like, it's, it's impossible really, it's tough it's tough so you see glimpses of hope and then you see glimpses of oh man like you know the things aren't working out but what did uh you know, obviously, clearly, the the draw, the draw versus Houston is something that maybe a lot of people expected. Um, maybe it was on their radar. But overall, how do you uh, how do you guys take that draw versus Houston? I think I see it as a plus. I see it as a positive. Houston coming into this game were perfect at home. Hadn't lost. Hadn't drawn at home. There were four games, four wins, and they hadn't conceded a goal at home. They were they've they've had clean sheets all throughout their four games, and so to just go out there and get away with a point, get away with not conceding, get away with um, you know just getting a good result in a stadium where they hadn't even drawn yet, I think it's positive. I think it's a it's a positive, and plus they didn't play bad. I think I thought RSL overall played a very solid game, and uh, so I, I'm I'm taking this Houston result as a positive. And and let's you know let's not forget this wasn't the strongest RSL lineup right, um, so that that had something to play into it right like Savarino didn't start, um, you're missing Lafelson you're missing Ruiz missing Marcelo Silva late scratch so there's you know a lot of shakeup there in, in the in the team, and Houston has Steve Clark who loves to ruin RSL's party, um, yeah. maybe a different goalkeeper. We actually win that game because we did create chances. It was actually fairly impressive. Um, I thought our shape looked good. I, I think playing with a defensive midfielder is an absolute must for us. We've looked very good when we have a defensive midfielder or the single pivot is working. I think that's one of those two things is a key. Um, seeing Anelli get some time in the midfield was interesting, but it, it didn't feel like he missed a beat, which is kind of weird. Uh, but I enjoy it. And then uh, again, Jackson looked great. You know, he was he was taking some risks, which I think we all appreciate and, and enjoy. Um, Rubin had a couple of good looks. This was probably one of his better games, 
Um, again, he's looked better of late, but we're still really, really missing that goal scoring quality. And then Gomez coming off the bench was just another, you know, another addition at the end there, another, another flair to, or I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but it was nice to see what he did off the bench. So, you know, overall it wasn't a bad game for RSL and I'm pleased with, with how we performed. Yeah. Overall, just a lot of positives. Um, I think defensively we were really solid. I think Steve, uh, Scott Caldwell played tremendously well. Um, I think Brian Ojeda has really stepped it up since losing that starting position. Um, and he looked really, really good. And Mechanelli came off the bench, looked fantastic. Uh, Bertin Yakison had his opportunities and he looked good. I really like that even in a rotated lineup and even in a rotated squad, we still had guys step up. I believe even Michael Chang had a good game, in my opinion. Even Michael Chang looked solid. Um, and so it's, it's really nice to see that these guys step up because they know that they're not starters. They know that this is the, one of the opportunities they're going to get to show what they got. And they stepped up and had a good game. Also, Brody didn't look that bad coming off the injury. So overall, just a good performance. Not the best, but good. Yeah. So, and with that, uh, Real Salt Lake, they did extend their unbeaten streak against Houston uh, to 11 matches. Um, Houston not having a win over Real Salt Lake since, uh, since May of 2017. So literally five years. Holy smokes, dude. Um, it's weird because you, you feel like you go toe to toe with this team. And I guess if you looked at the, at the record over that time frame, obviously a lot of them will be draws, right. Um, right. or some wins for RSL. Uh, but yeah, you guys are right. Um, Steve Clark, uh, registered five saves, uh, to Zach McMath's, uh, four shots. And, uh, I just kind of want to comment on Corey Baird, who, um, looked like he was like turning it on against Real Salt Lake. Uh, had a beautiful shot off the crossbar. Um, a lot of people just kind of going to Twitter and um, kind of clowning him a little bit. Like, oh, we forgot this guy exists. Um, yeah, after did. seeing Corey Baird and just like the form that he's in, just against us clearly because we, we're not paying attention um, any other times. Is that somebody that you wish was still on the squad with Harsel? Nope, not even a little bit. Um Sorry, Corey Baird's dad, who used to listen to us. He got very upset at us one day. Stop listening. But, you know, Corey Baird, he did what Corey Baird does, and he hit the crossbar, right? Like, it's fine. Yeah, um, Dude, after he, a beautiful from, link from, play, bro. Sure. And that's okay. He had one good moment. But, like, we have Michael Chang, who's equivalent to Corey Baird. We have Danny Mufelski, which is equivalent to Corey Baird. We have plenty of guys that are Corey Baird's. I don't think Corey Baird on this team is a positive really outside of the fact that he's, you know, quote unquote homegrown and one of our own. Um, and I've also, I don't, I don't know how true this is, um, but I've had other players tell me how not liked he was amongst the team. Uh, and anytime you hear that, you don't really want to deal with it on your squad. So I, I'm not sad. Corey Baird's in Houston. I'm very happy he didn't score and I hope he never scores against RSL. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Well, to, way to drill it in there, dude. Um, you know, the, the glimpse of uh, quality, I think, with Real Salt Lake, um, one player to watch just to keep on your radar is without a doubt Yakison. Um, just a beast. Um, trying to win every ball. Uh, had that collision with Clark, which I think, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a low blow. Uh, to take a collision like that with a keeper, but I like, I like where his head is in the sense of 
like he doesn't care um, or he's trying to send a message or uh, you, I think we need a player like that. That's a little bit scrappy that mm-hmm. is not afraid to get in there and collide with the goalkeeper, regardless of how bad it might look. Uh, I think that's something that this roster has been missing for a long time. I haven't seen that kind of quality or like that. Um, just like that kind of uh, almost like dirty play since we've had somebody like Everton and you take that quality from somebody who spent it in the midfield and you put it with a forward. Uh, I think, and also the creativity, right? The bicycle kick, like having enough confidence to go for that. And we've seen so many opportunities, dude, Yakison, as soon as a goal goes in, dude, uh, I think we're just going to see, it's going to like open the floodgate uh, for this player. Yeah. And, and, you know, back to your goalkeeper comment, I'm all about protecting the goalkeepers, etc. cetera. Um, but sometimes goalkeepers need to be reminded, right? And I, I don't think that was a dangerous collision by any means. Um, you know, the, the goalkeeper collision you're worried about is when their hands are up in the air, they're jumping up to grab a ball from the air. Uh, if they're low, their bodies are tight, get in there, rough them up a little bit. They'll rough you up all day long. Uh, so I think, you know, guys like Steve Clark need to be reminded that, you know, people are going to come in after him. And then that's how you get into the goalkeeper's head as well. Um, so I like what I saw from from him there against Steve Clark. So, yeah, I'm all about it. And then uh, Isaac just asked this question about Jackson being the first French player. Um, it's contested. David Viana was Portuguese slash French. Uh, his Wikipedia says Portuguese, but could have been the first French player, but no one really remembers him. So we'll go with it. And going back to Yakison, I think, uh, well, obviously we're going to praise the bicycle kick and we're going to praise, you know, his thing with, uh, Steve Clark. But I think the most important thing to notice about Yakison in this game is the creativity that he had in just spraying around passes. He's got like, he's very much a winger that's going to be converted into this like nine because he has that creativity of a winger. Um, there's one specific pass that I remember that he just slipped in right underneath to Gomez and Gomez was in on goal. Unfortunately, Steve Clark saved it, but it just little moments like that. It just shows how great he can be because he already has the vision to just pinpoint those passes where um, around the defense and, and kind of break that line. And that's something that I think Gomez needs is to get in behind the lines and, and get those kind of passes. Yeah. If you yeah. can spring Gomez free and have him run on the box, like, 1v1 I'm really excited to see what he can do with that exactly yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how uh Real Salt Lake starts to handle this type of talent because if history tells us anything as soon as he gets hot or shows promise they're probably just going to end up benching him or sending him to the Monarchs or letting him walk for free or letting him walk for free and you know we hate to say that but uh prove us wrong you know what I mean? So, Trey, if you're listening, bro, tweet at us. Let us know. Um, yeah, so, you know, we look forward. Uh, we look ahead to uh, the Open Cup. We've got a tough opponent in the Portland Timbers. Uh, before we kind of hop into that and try to predict maybe a lineup or how aggressive we're going to be, uh, does anybody else have anything to add uh, on the Houston match? Uh, I just say it was a solid performance, um, much like the game against Seattle. And I hope, you know, the squad picks up com- some confidence and, and builds upon that performance. And that's really all we can ask for that and some goals. I would love some goals. Yeah. I think the only negative in Houston was the goal scoring. 
Yeah. But overall, I think we're happy with the draw. I don't think there was anything to be too critical of. I think this one is a valid game where in the past, Pablo has just said, hey, sometimes goals just don't fall your way. Um, I don't think there was anything uh, too obscure in this match that we need to criticize heavily. Um, but uh, yeah, I I got nothing else to say on that match. I think the the result, although it's not a win, um, a draw is great. If it were to result in a loss, it'd be a whole different conversation. But uh, we're good. We're good with that. So moving on to Open Cup. Do we care about Open Cup yet? I always care about Open Cup, man. It's the quickest way back to Champions League. You got to care about Open Cup. Alex, you're smiling, bro. Tell us uh, your thoughts. Oh, we absolutely have to care about Open Cup. Um, everyone, I think even the players recognize that it's such is an easy but a not easy path to get back to the CONCACAF Champions League. You know, you win it and you're automatically in to, to Champions League. Um, I think everybody should be caring about this tournament. Uh, it's kind of, it's rough because I think with the new broadcast deal, it's just the quality, you know, we saw with KSL, the quality kind of struggled, but I think either way you get your eyes on the open cup, go watch, go support um, because it's, it's, it's an important tournament. Yeah. And you know, one thing to kind of look out for is I'm interested because uh, when, when we all saw Lake played in Las Vegas, they had Demir starting and then playing a full 90. Um, one thing that was heavily criticized on Twitter was, uh, Demir coming off the bench uh, versus Houston. And so what do you think that looks like for this upcoming match with Timbers? Do you think we'll get him in the starting 11? Do you think he's going to sub off the bench? I, I think we see him in the 11. Um, I think I think it's, it's hard to say this, but we've all seen it coming. I think Demir is now a better option off the bench for the starting 11 in the MLS, in the MLS play. Um, but I think for Open Cup, you absolutely start him, right? It brings that experience, brings that talent. Uh, but but we've looked better without him, right? And then you bring him in towards the end of the game, aerial threat. He knows what he's doing, right? But I think over 90 in MLS play, he's not really the best option anymore. Um, but yeah, for Portland, absolutely start him. Go, go 90, 90 plus. Gotcha. It'll be really interesting to see kind of what RSL decides to do in Portland um, because our backline, our defense is so decimated with injuries right now. Marcelo might not be ready for this one, you know. Um, I think Eric Holt is still out. And so it'll be really interesting to see what Pablo Mastroeni decides. Are we going to go with a three um, like we did against Vegas? Are we going to line up with the four four two like we usually do? Um, I think that's what's making it hard to predict because I think if we come out with a three in the back, I can very easily see this being... Uh, similar to a performance that we saw in Vegas. Yeah, but I don't see the late goals coming versus the Timbers. No, and and honestly, for this match, I would love to see a guy like Nyman get some minutes. Um, I'd love to see Anelli get another full 90, you know, Jackson even. Um, yeah, I, I hope we get some of these guys that have been performing uh, off the bench and in Open Cup more minutes to see, to see what they have. Because, again, that's valuable time. That's really another reason to go deep into the the Open Cup is these are more available minutes for guys that aren't your starting 11, right? These are available minutes for Gavin Beavers, uh, who we all want to see. So, you know, you, you got to get a good mix out there and be competitive and hopefully we can and win. I would love to go back to an Open Cup final. Yeah. And 
And how unfortunate is it that Diego Luna will not be available on Wednesday? You know, I it's weird, man. It's yeah, it's a little unfortunate, but I don't know. It, it's it's there's not enough there to. It's hard. It's it's really hard. It's like I'm fifty fifty on Diego Luna right now because, yeah, there's creativity being sparked, but it hasn't like led to goals or to like real opportunities. And then when he's off, it almost it just like has the same impact. And you saw on his Instagram that he said like you know switch mode activated or whatever for like the the U.S. team. So it's like. I get it's just a phrase and it's just a saying and it's just a caption, but also it's like, okay, dude, well, does that mean that you're flipped off here or like you're not invested here? I, I know that's just reading way too much into like a an early 20s um, Instagram caption, but I think it's also, you know, just kind of be vigilant and realize how that might look or how it might seem. Um, you know, I'd agree it, there. I think there is something to read into with that caption. I don't necessarily mean think it means he's switched off here. I think it means he's frustrated here. Um, this is probably the first time in his career that he hasn't been the guy, right? And that's hard to adjust to. Uh, but when he goes to the U20s, right, he is one of the guys, right? So I think for him, it's almost like a relief that he's getting to go and get some get some real minutes, right, and show what he can do. And, and honestly, this is probably his biggest opportunity to showcase himself. If he goes and has a great World Cup, right, I think that's what the front office is honestly hoping for. I feel like they purchased him with the hopes he would kill the U-20 Cup and sell him. So let's hope he goes to the U-20s, murders it, right, and either that earns him some first-team minutes with RSL or it gets him to a place where he can be the guy. That's what we can hope for. Yeah. You know, I fully agree with that. And I think for Diego Luna... There's a lot of promise in him, but if he's not being utilized or played in the position that he prefers here at Real Salt Lake, I also think that's just kind of a miss uh, for RSL. And if he goes and performs better elsewhere and it lands him a deal where he can actually progress his career, then you can't really necessarily hate on that. Um, but I, I mean, how, how many times do we have to just keep saying this about uh, players or young talent? Um, it feels like it's a repetitive and I just don't know, you know, what... We're just, you know, we're not talking to anybody directly here, but it's like, what's the common denominator in that? Where are all these comments that we keep repeating time after time? Where are they landing on deaf ears? Like who at the club is causing this or doesn't care to, to, to see this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and let's be fair. Like we have plenty of young talent come through that, that gets minutes, right? You had your Aaron Herrera's, your Brody's, your Glad's, your lawful sins now. Uh, but I, I feel like where we really struggle is the the young attacking talent, right? Not not your Andres Gomez's that came in for four million dollars, but your young, local, imported locally type thing, attacking talent. And I feel like that's where we're we're really missing on these guys. And and I don't know why. It's really hard to say. But I mean, we've missed on guys not even getting to RSL, right? Which is yeah. more frustrating. Well, I don't know if that's more frustrating or if them getting to RSL and not playing is more frustrating. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, but it, it's really hard to see young, promising attackers essentially do nothing here and go on to have pretty cool careers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're interested in the Open Cup. 
Uh, we'll probably do Alex, if you're down, maybe another solo recap of the open cup once it happens. So, you know, tune in for that. Um, also just a quick read around the room. Um, who here cares about the open cup results? I, I will, I will just say, I don't, there's not a big expectation from me. Um, I'll be shocked if we go in with a strong S 11. Um, I can maybe see that happening, but for me, it's, uh, I, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on it. And I think... Sorry, I'll just go. Hey, so I'm wondering, just because of the Open Cup, isn't League's Cup coming up too? Like, aren't we going to start focusing on that as well? As far as, like, what yes, we but need... That's, that's a much harder, that's a much harder competition, right? Yeah. The, the quality of team you get in League Cup versus Open Cup is night and day. Right. Yeah. So yes, real we have opponents. leagues cup coming up. Yeah. But I, I feel like you prioritize open cup over leagues cup at this point. Yeah. That'll be July 22nd. So we still have a ways and it looks like the first opponent for real salt Lake is going to be uh Seattle sounder. Um, okay. And then, and then actually uh, July 26th, Josh, uh, your favorite team in the world's coming back. CF Monterey, bro. That's going <sighs> to be a good rematch. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good point, Isaac, but just a little, probably too premature. Uh, we're still, yeah, two and a half months away, but, uh, brings up a good point, but yeah, leagues cup is, is on a whole different level. And, and then you've got Mexican teams with a chip on their shoulder, uh, who are hearing it from all of the Mexicans and South Americans. Um, you know, they're, they're feeling the pressure of major league soccer surpassing that league. So I think they're going to have a hell of a lot more to prove and um that should be a really fun uh you know league run now, i want to ask you guys something real quick would you guys be okay riding off lafc on saturday here at america first in exchange for a strong full 11 on wednesday to get a result and advance in the open cup yes 100 percent I would say yes. Think, in my mind, LAFC is a match that we're not going to win. Regardless exactly. if we put a strong 11 on the field, um, it doesn't feel winnable. LAFC has come here and has trashed us with when when the team was in better shape, when the morale was in better shape, when we had a good record. They've come here and they've trashed us. So in the, like the state of the, the team right now and everything that's going on, uh, yeah, I would say go all in on Portland and then just play your B squad against LAFC and, you know, try to, try to lose respect for the best. Yeah. <laughs> try to lose by three goals, not six. <laughs> no. And like we said, it open cup is such a good opportunity to go to CONCACAF and, and, you know, get more exposure on ourselves, get some more eyes on the team, go all in on against Portland, you know, st- start, bring out your strongest starting 11 that you possibly can in Portland, go for the win advance. And then, just kind of ride off LAFC. I just don't see that as a, a winnable game, not even here at home. Yeah, and Timbers did have a result over the weekend versus Austin FC 2-2. Um, the the second equalizer came from Austin FC in the 92nd minute. So um, you got to think they're they're probably not in a good headspace. But we, we know how quickly teams can move on, players can move on, and, and just be ready for the next challenge. But uh, yeah. I'd be interested to see. Yeah, man, we'll see. That's that's a great point, dude. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, 
Okay. Uh, you know, we've got 10 minutes to wrap this up and uh, we've covered Houston. We've covered the open cup, the what ifs, how much we care about it. Um, let's save a little bit of time for LAFC. Let's just, uh, this is hard, right? Cause we've got the Wednesday. We talk about the Monarch signings. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about with LAFC, right? They're good. Yeah, the quick, but, but, but first, quick predictions, man. LAFC coming to town. Let's just say we go heavy on Portland. What's the result? What's the scoreline look like? Go ahead, Alex. Uh, that LAFC team, even if they are focused on the Champions League final, they are still arguably the best team in Major League Soccer history. I don't, even if they rotate their squad and play, you know, their B team against our B team, that's still like a solid B team. It, it's going to be tough. I just don't see. I just don't see a win for RSL. Um, I see it being like a three zero three one for LAFC here. And there's got to be some relief, right, for LAFC to kind of see Real Salt Lake as an opponent close to no. their final. No, we love to mess with LAFC. We're the last <laughs> team they want to see. Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake does live rent free in the inside of LAFC fans, though, dude. I, yeah. I could easily see us. You know, even if we go strong lineup against Portland. We'd still go pretty strong against LAFC, like no matter what, right? You're still going to get your Demers. You know, guys are still going to play. Guys are still going to get minutes. I could see us putting one one or two on LAFC and, and coming out with like a two-on win. Now, to that, San Jose Earthquakes did just beat LAFC two to one. And we um, beat San Jose. So what's up? Yeah, that's actually, that's, ah, man. Can you imagine if so we get a result? Can you imagine if we get a result with a heavy 11? Timbers, and then we beat LAFC like two one at home, bro. I'd be on cloud nine. We're all dude. pumped. Yeah, yeah. Srenny's signing a three year extension. Yeah, we're extending. Yeah, yeah we're extending Pablo, dude. <laughs> Everyone's job is safe for we're happy fourteen with years. We're good. Yeah. Add it to the list of accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll if you guys, Wikipedia. yeah, if you guys aren't keen to it, man, you guys got on on game day, LAFC. Oh my god, especially LAFC. You guys have to get on Twitter and just like at the 3252 hashtag LAFC, like talk to them and, you know, respectfully, not super disrespectfully, but just, you know, let them know what's up. And it's hilarious, man. They, they act like they don't care about Real Salt Lake, but I, I promise you they do. Uh, one of my best friends in the entire world lives in Los Angeles and he's an LAFC fan and he feels it and he knows it. Uh, for some reason, Real Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake knocking out LAFC out of the playoffs all those years ago is still a core memory for LAFC fans. I promise it you. Haunts them. Haunts so chirp them. them, chirp them, chirp Adam, Adam, but you know, don't get too crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, LAFC, um, Dennis Boanga got the single goal uh, for them. And what I mean by that is just, that's the only goal on their side. But then, uh, Cristian Espinoza had the brace um, with San Jose uh, to basically, you know, come back and and win that game. So their their morale is probably a little bit low, but you got to also think all of the the pieces and and everything that they're preparing for for their final. And uh, I will say this: Do I want them to win? No, I don't want them to win the final. Uh, but it would be nice of them to win that, just because uh, you love to see MLS just dominate a competition mm-hmm. like that. And I think that all across the board, even though, even if it is LAFC, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be rooting them on that final. 
Yeah, I'm definitely MLS over League MX. I want MLS to win every time, unless it's the Rapids or SKC. Speaking yeah. of SKC. Hmm? Oh, Shout out SKC. Yeah, wow. Who would who thought it was going to be the Seattle game, huh? Yeah. Their Watch first him go win. on absolute air now. Watch him go undefeated the rest of the season. Yeah. Hey, Gotti Kinda is back, and Gotti Kinda is phenomenal in the midfield for them. I think with Gotti Kinda, they could poss- they'll be looking a lot better than they were. I think Kinda is the difference maker for them. Yeah, yeah not to mention... Not to mention Alan Pulido uh, was out for a while, recently back in. Uh, he got his he got his goal. Uh, it was a nice goal. Um, off the right foot, crazy angle uh, versus the goalkeeper. So he, so yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a good thing to for SKC fans and for Cavincio, but. Um, Whatever, man. It's it's a fluke, dude. It's against Seattle, but Seattle did play a pretty stacked team against the man, and it's kind of it's kind of weird to see that they didn't get that result. But yeah, I think uh, SKC is back, especially off, uh, especially after all the press stuff in the locker room that they were you know going off on. Um, they're starting to look like that SKC of old. Cool. Well, guys, we will wrap it up with that. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to the RSL show on KSL Sports. Uh, if you guys want to see all of our beautiful faces, uh, tune in to our YouTube where we post a lot of content. Anything else that anybody has to say, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. No, that's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the best Real Salt League podcast in the entire state. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.